Hello and welcome to episode number 100 of the Bite Talk with Dave podcast. I honestly can't believe it's been 100 episodes since we started this thing almost two years ago. Not even two years and we're at episode 100. Yes, that means either it's not a weekly podcast or it's a weekly podcast with bonus episodes and that's what we've got here i've worked hard to hit almost every week i might have missed one or two weeks but uh definitely do have some bonus episodes some shorts some bike talk tech all kinds of fun stuff but thanks tons for everybody for listening these past two years past 99 and now 100 episodes truly appreciate you tuning in so who's my guest for episode number 100? It is none other than, you guessed it, Torbjorn Road. I know I'm not doing his name justice. We talk about that. Dude is from Norway. He followed his brother here to the U.S. from Norway to go to school at the Colorado Mesa University and pursue not just a degree, but also a career in cycling. While in college, he landed a spot on one of the top amateur teams in the U.S., Above and Beyond Cancer, or ABC. It was this summer, while riding with ABC, that he not only wore the leader's jersey at the Tour of the Gila, but he also won the Kansas-Belgian Waffle Ride. And then, he took on the 35 pros in the Lifetime Grand Prix, including... Friends of the podcast, Peter Stetna, Lance Haydet, Cole Patton, so many great, great riders. He took on these 35 pros in the Lifetime Grand Prix and won the final event in Bentonville, the Big Sugar Gravel Race in the middle of October. He's looking forward to some time off now, but also forward to next year, when he's landed a spot on one of the top domestic professional teams, Project Echelon. He was kind enough to take some time after Big Sugar to hop on the Bike Talk with Dave podcast, and I hope you enjoy getting to know this rising star. But before we dive into the show, I gotta give a shout out to Ibex Clothing. I-B-E-X. Ibex Clothing. The weather has turned cold, and I've been enjoying my Ibex Wool Air Hoodie. It's an ultralight puffy jacket. It's not stuffed with goose down or polyester, but freaking merino wool. It's merino wool stuffed puffy. I haven't used it in all conditions yet, but I have had it out on some very chilly walks in the rain, windy days, cold days, and the PFC-free Blue Sign Certified Fabrics, i.e. they're like eco-friendly, kept me warm and dry. It's just super comfy, cozy, and warm. I love it. And I have to mention this. While I was listening to some podcast from Backpacker Magazine, where some dude was happy to get out of the backcountry or off a mountain alive, when he got stuck up on some wall or something. When he was asked what he learned in his ordeal, 
what he said was that he will always wear bright outerwear. And the reason is, when he was stuck up on the mountain or wherever he was stuck, I honestly don't remember, but it was epic, I'm sure. What he was wearing was what he described as an earthly colored jacket. You know, the stuff you go in and it's like muted greens and uh, dark blues and maybe a little bit of like tan or, or rust color. And he said he blended right into his surroundings, making it really hard for rescuers to find him. And my Ibex jacket is bright orange. If I get stuck in a tree funnel when skiing this winter, or if I get lost while fat biking up north, I'll be warm and dry, and I will be easy to see. Now, I also take the Sun hoodie, which is a merino wool pullover and I throw it on underneath there and water and cold ain't got nothing on me. I love them. They're comfortable and warm and wool. Like talk about, I mean, wool. It's awesome. So if you're looking for some great wool activewear, I honestly can't say enough good things about Ibex. I'd highly recommend doing some shopping on Ibex.com. Now, enough of that. Let's chat with Torbjorn Road. Uh, man, I'm just going to say Toby, Torbjorn, Torbjorn Road. Uh, I know I'm saying I'm, I'm America, Americanizing that name with the best of them, and I know that. But uh, I'm super stoked to have you on Bike Talk with Dave. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself as if you were back home in Norway. <laughs> hey, my, my name is Tori Bernadette. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. That was smooth as silk, <laughs> man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I had some good practice. Yeah. Uh, dude, you have been killing it this year. Uh, I've done a little introduction to, uh, to lead into this so people know that you're on... Um, uh, do you just call it ABC? Yeah. ABC, uh, I like to give the full name Above and Beyond Cancer, uh, which is near and dear to my heart. We'll talk about that in a hot minute. But, um, geez, um, ABC took a big step forward this year. I talked to your DS, Chris Daggs, in the spring, and I was like, what's your, what's your goal at ABC? And he's like, well, we want to be the best amateur team in the country. And we've got some of the people to do it. And he mentioned your name and said, you, you keep your eye on uh, Toby. We'll just call you Toby. How's that? Keep, yeah, Toby sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> keep your eye on Toby. And holy cow, man, what a year you've had. It, uh, it has been a really good year. And yeah, definitely a lot more than I expected coming into the spring. And all the opportunities I've had has been awesome. So yeah, really good season. It is a really good season, and I'm curious how you got there, to be honest. Um, you're Norwegian. I don't know if people could tell you that from your accent or by your name with, like, B's and J's and R's and stuff in it. Um, uh, but I'm curious what brought you to the States in the first place. I um, I could answer part of that, but I'd rather you. So what, uh, what brought yeah. you to the States? Well, I... Uh... 
moved here because of college uh, back in beginning of 2018. And uh, yeah, it's uh, how we're doing a school system in Norway. Uh, sports and studies are not really combined. So hmm. for me to keep writing properly and get better and I really need to change it up a bit and combine it with studies. So uh, it was kind of that and ended up in Colorado because of the weather. It's just dry and sunny most of the time and made it easy to do a lot of training. Uh, you ended up at Colorado Mesa, uh, which yes. is in um, Grand Junction. Is that right? Yes. All so, the way down the west. Uh, very west. The next stop, Utah, right? Yeah, it's about 20 miles. Yeah. Um, how'd you end up at uh, Colorado Mesa? Why there specifically? Uh, so it comes from my brother was touring some schools, uh, a few years ago because he actually went to college here first. Hmm. Uh, and then I, he had a good time and I went to visit him and I kind of just like, I want to go here too. So I looked at some other schools, but CMU worked out really well for me. It had what I wanted to study, which is computer science. And uh, yeah, just really good combination of trails, roads, and skiing in the winter as well. Mm -hmm. um, I assume cross country? Mostly cross country, yeah, but I do some backcountry and yeah, skis in the resorts as well. Oh, cool. Um, you are from Norway. Are those, is that what you do? Is Did you grow up skiing? Yeah, I've been skiing, skiing since. I don't know, since I could walk, and yeah, we we skied to school, ele elementary school, and uh, yeah, I was racing until I was 14 or something, 15. Had you so. considered uh, continuing racing skiing? There's some good skiing schools in uh, the States here. Well, I kind of fell in love with cycling too much, and, and I just, I guess I enjoy the heat more than the cold, so <laughs> I ended up switching to a summer uh, sports instead of a winter sports. Fair enough. I respect that. I fully re respect that. Yeah. Um, and holy moly, uh, you do everything on a bike, it seems. Um, I mean, you're great time trialist, great on the road, great mountain biker, great on the gravel. Like, how... How do you put all of that together? Um, I mean, you've done well in all of those things. I mean, they're so diverse, so varied, and you're good at all of them. Like, how does that even come to be? I don't know. It's I started off with mountain biking, which is a really good one. You kind of you need the technical skills and pedaling and, and all of it. So to start off with that and switched the road later on and some cross and then uh, kind of just I, I moved to the u.s to continue road cycling and then i picked up mountain bike as well and with the college they had a bunch of track bikes so they put me on the track as well and i had a really good time there so it's i've just kind of been switching between bikes all the time and it uh yeah i, I clearly have some good legs that work out on all different bikes and yeah I'm just having a lot of fun with with training on different bikes and racing on different bikes as well so I get a little bit of experience and skills from all the different disciplines that I can like kind of cross 
in races. So it's been good. If you came over here in 2018, I'm going to assume you either just graduated or you're close to graduation. Um, so I'm guessing you 22, 23 years old. Uh, well, I'm a little older. A little older. All right. <laughs> I'm actually 26. 26? An old man there. Okay. I, uh, so you're shaving I, I now, started, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I uh, I started college when I was 20 because we finished uh, high school a year later in Norway than oh, okay. in the U.S. Cool. So I did another year as well where I just worked, earned mm-hmm. some money and rode some bikes and figured out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's college for over five years get everything done with a lot of cycling and uh, yeah, I graduated last fall. Congratulations on that. Thank you. The reason I bring up your age, um, although now you're a little older, so you've got a little more time with them, a little more, I'm going to say maturity. Uh, but uh, if you had to pick just one bike at this point, what would it be? I guess it's a road bike. Really? Yeah, it's definitely the one I spent the most time on the last year. Maybe 85%. Wow. Of my time on it, yeah. I believe that about your time on it, but man, you've had some success on other bikes, which. That's true. You've had some great success (laughs) on other bikes for sure. Um, Yes. uh, So I know ABC was. is basically a road team. Obviously, people yes. can enter other races, which is cool. Um, yeah, they have good support, and they support you in yeah gravel and cross and other things too. Yep, yeah, but it's basically a road team. Yes. How'd you end up on ABC? How'd you end up making that connection and uh, landing with um, Randy Dags and the crew? It was uh, March of. Or February, maybe 2020. Hmm. Uh, and I had a good friend that um, was just joining ABC for that year. And he's from Utah, so I don't know how he first got in contact with ABC, but somehow he did. And he kind of mentioned it for Andy that I was good at pedaling. And we were down at VOS in Phoenix. And, uh, yeah, I had some pretty good results on the TT and the road race. And we, I ended up talking to Randy afterwards. So then we, I got on the team already in 2020 mm-hmm. and then not much happened for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but then I was in back there for 2021 and then I had a 2022 with a Canadian team where I got there's a canal team we raced a bunch in europe mm. but it ended up being a little expensive and uh yeah i was back in abc for 2023 nice uh how did you manage 2020 did you still go to school did you stay in the united states or did you did you go back home i stayed in colorado the whole time actually did you uh, so that was a year and a half without being in norway so that was a little different yeah wow but uh yeah, we had a lot of online school, so it was a lot of just riding. Yeah. So. Probably the best shape of your life, huh? 
I I had a really good winter that winter as well. <laughs> so I was I was on a good one and uh, ended up just going for a bunch of KOMs because it's fun and then set out on a big challenge in late May 2020 to just see how much I could ride in a week. And uh, it kind of escalated and I ended up doing just over a thousand miles. In a week? Yeah, in seven days. Jeez, man. So it's about seven days solo, 51 hours. So Uh, it was a good one. Hundred and... 165 miles a day, 170 miles a day. There was that the plan was just to do 125 every day, and then one of the days ended up being 200 miles and some like 170, 180. Dang, were you exhausted or did you feel pretty good? I had really good legs the whole week, but the next week I had some good naps, (laughs) fell asleep mid conversation. Uh, but rested up and then did like my best power test I've I'm ever sure, had. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Have you beaten that power since then? I, I actually did this summer. So oh wow, yeah. cool. Uh, you have had yeah. a great summer for sure. Yeah, it worked out. Um, let's talk about this summer. Um, and jeez, uh, man, you guys started out with a bang. Tour of the Gila. Tour of the Gila was really good. <laughs> it was really good. Tell me about that. Uh, I've been very excited about it from last year after taking a stage win and being in a leader's jersey and then, yeah, kind of losing it on the time trial. So it was one I was really looking forward to and was going to be a little different with Lopez in there. For sure. And uh, But I still committed the first day and ended up second. And it was a good time. And then Lopez ended up crashing out stage two. I was in the leader's jersey, time trial was great, and yeah, we stayed up on the crit, and then Sunday, we knew Oscar Sevilla was going to be the biggest threat, and Alex Hohen watched his wheel, and we ended up switching around, but an amateur going one and three in a UCI race, was pretty solid, and uh, we were all very happy about it. Yeah, you should be very happy. We celebrated here in Des Moines, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, we were we were very excited for all of you. It was a great, great uh, confirmation that Randy and the ABC crew were on the right track. Yeah, it was the whole team was riding really well all week, and you know we missed we sadly lost two riders already in the crash on the second stage. So we're down to four guys and a leader's jersey, but we did really well and yeah, fought it off one. One and three was perfect on the day. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And a big, one of the biggest races in the States. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, after that, I know, or it looks like anyway, you went to Europe quite a bit this year or spent some time there, did a few races. Yeah, I had uh, about three, three and a half months in Europe that summer. Uh, and it all kind of worked out because of my good racing in the Gila. I got invited to race with the national team. Mm for some of the pro races in Norway. Mm-hmm. So I did Tour of Norway and Arctic Race of Norway. Was it good and to was, be back home? Yeah, it was really good to be back home. We had some good weather, and uh, it was just incredible to get the race with the big boys at the yeah, Tour of Norway and experience some 
really good support and just race with the national colors in your own country is kind of the dream so yeah that's very cool um am i now collegiate collegiate mountain biking you were silver medalist right i got gold last fall oh you did get gold okay cool i missed that missed that um so i I mean can you wear a stars and stripes (laughs) as collegiate national champion what do you get for that you do get the same jersey but you can only race in the collegiate races. Well, that's all right. So, yeah. Get your master's but degree. Do you have any... Uh, <laughs> any I think has... I'll stick to riding. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Get your master's degree in cycling. Yeah. Well, um, now all are, the nationals all have been this year, so now I can't ride it anymore. Uh, oh, fair enough. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's still kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. So in one year... You had both the Stars and Stripes and the Norwegian flag uh, as a jersey. Yeah. That's kind of cool, huh? That's got got to be unique. It's pretty cool. Definitely a cool part of cycling where you can have your flag on your chest. It means something special to, like, win it. No doubt. No doubt. So back in the States here, after your trip to Europe, I feel like you kind of took to gravel. Yes. Uh, some Belgian waffle ride. Can I say success? Can we? Uh, can we do um, yeah. spoilers? Uh, some Belgian <laughs> waffle ride success, and then holy moly, great big win! I don't know. I feel like that was a huge win this weekend at Big Sugar. That was, it, it was definitely a huge win. Yes. Yeah. Very very happy about it. Uh, let's go back to Belgian waffle ride. Those are unique races. Um, Kansas, I've heard the course is awesome, um, fun, challenging, uh, just a really cool course. Uh, what happened there? Talk, talk me through Kansas. It was a really fun race. Probably might be the most fun race of the season. Uh, as you said, they have some really good gravel roads in the area. Kansas is great for gravel roads. Mm-hmm. More hilly than expected. But I went down there early with a buddy of mine, and uh, we checked out the course. But yeah, race was good. Legs were great from the beginning. We had, uh, I guess, 10 guys that was really fast at the race. And uh, we stuck together for a while, some gaps here and there. And then towards the end, it was the five of us had some Attacks and one guy solo off the road, but uh, at the end I was able to just stick it in the headwind and first into some single track at the end and just kept my gap all the way. So that was really good race. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. That's a big deal. Those races are not laughable. They're great. That's a good win yeah. for you right there for sure. I'm sure you know that. Yeah, I was I was super happy about it, and I was afraid I was going to be a little less hungry for the next weekend because mm-hmm. I kind of got a big victory. Yeah, but uh, I also knew it was this weekend was the last for the of the season, so I was going to give it all. Yeah, so just one week later was the big sugar, and you are not doing the lifetime Grand Prix this year. I'm not correct. 
And I did apply, but I didn't get in. I got to ramp up that social media presence, I guess, Maybe. huh? Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> it I'm a, working on it. It was an editorial by Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, they're probably regretting not having you there after uh, after this weekend. Again, editorial by Dave. Um, so only one week later and the lifetime Grand Prix, I know we've got, you know, on the road tour, the Gila, Redlands, Joe Martin, uh, tour of America's Dairyland. I mean, we've got some, some substantial races, but I feel like in the States right now, the big thing is the lifetime Grand Prix and all the best domestic racers are signing up for and try applying for the uh, to get into the Lifetime Grand Prix and chase that 250 grand. Um, so you go into Big Sugar with everyone. To be a part of the Lifetime Grand Prix, you cannot skip Big Sugar. You have to do Big Sugar. Everyone is there. The best in the country are there Keegan Swenson who just freaking got fifth at the UCI World's gravel race is there Peter Stetna pro tour rider there like all these guys are there and you just show up with your ABC amateur cycling team jersey on what's going through your head at that starting line do you feel like you've got a shot or are you like I'm just gonna see what happens I've I felt pretty strong for a while. I just haven't hundred percent getting it out in some races. So I was definitely sitting on the start line and like I wanted to fight for a top five. Uh if I kept air in my tires. So <laughs> That's I, fair. Some people yes. didn't. Some people had a real hard exactly. time keeping air in their tires. Were you so how I, far back did you start? Like where where's the front line and then where are you? Uh I Lined up pretty early, so I was pretty much on the wheel of Keegan. I oh, think. smart. Keegan or Cole. Yep. Uh, so that wasn't an issue, but it's like six, seven miles of road in the beginning. On oh, right. Behind a somewhat of a neutral start. Uh, so it, was, it wasn't going to be a problem, but mm-hmm. it was, I think it was 95 starters in the elites. Wow. Which is a pretty big field. That is a big and field. And as you mentioned, everyone that can, everyone that's good was there and they were there. Yeah. Are so, you at all intimidated, or do you have confidence, especially after Belgium Waffle Ride? Uh, definitely pretty confident, but I'm. I know that there's some other big names there, including Keegan. Um, but I was, I was gonna pack a punch on the day, and yeah, they were not gonna just ride away from me. Attaboy. Describe that course. It's very chunky, sharp rocks. Uh, Coming from BWR, Kansas, I like the roads there better. (laughs) You do. You know they... they, Everybody who flatted talked about the flint in the Bentonville area. But you also know that where BWR was held are called the Flint Hills. Oh, so it's know. kind of the same rock, which is interesting. Yeah. But it seemed to just be smaller in Kansas. Ah, cool. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, and just there, and there's more of like a double track on the gravel uh-huh. in a way. Like there's two lines you ride in, and then if you're outside of that, there's just rocks pinging everywhere. Okay, so, so it was it's pretty uh, not well traveled gravel, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like it's smaller roads. Huh. Okay. Uh, hilly. Tell me about the hills. There's some hills. Definitely not a like a hilly heavy event event. But mm. there's some hills in there, particularly to around mile sixty five or something, which have pretty they're pretty steep and a little looser. Mm-hmm. But most of them are no more than ten percent, and pretty good gravel. So it's more like the the sands were rough because you're afraid of flatting. Dig it, dig it. But I did have a one early flat about like 15, 20 miles in, but uh, it sealed and I just co two it and kept going and caught up with the lead again. So it worked out. How big is that lead group? At this point, it was maybe 20, 25. So you're basically riding yeah. with the top 25 gravel riders in the world? Yeah. That's pretty cool. At that point. <laughs> Um, uh, take me through the final, I mean, what all happened? How did, how'd you, how'd you pull off the big V? About seven, eight miles left. We suddenly got called by Alexi, Lachlan and Alex, I think. And then we're up to 10 and I was not super happy about that. Do you typically then, have a good sprint? I don't. Oh. I normally don't have a good sprint, and I don't trust it. <laughs> Fair enough. You 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 come from, I don't know if you come from, but you've got a good time trial, so I can yeah, imagine I'm, that your hope is to ride away from everyone at some point. Yeah, that was more of my goal. So I had I stayed to the back of the group with Lachlan. Lachlan had an attack, and I followed, and we tried to get away, but Keegan was right on us, and the other guys followed. So, and then there's three miles out. There's one steep kicker. Keegan goes at it all the way up. And we're down to six riders. Uh, I roll over the top trying to stretch it out. But nothing really happens. Single track we get through without any issues. But we're passing some 50-mile riders. So it's kind of sketchy. Mm, yeah, I bet. Uh, but then, and then, like, the last little ramp into half a mile to the finish and um, Cole took the lead and pedaled and I've kind of just stayed in the back try to go for a move around the corner into the finish stretch but uh, I got kind of cut off and then blocked in but got on the wheel and Alexi opened first Brandon went around and I took his wheel and I was able to kick it and just at the finish stretch, I really no idea what went through my head because I did not expect to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I'm sure you've seen it from above. Yeah, it, it looked great. It did look great. That was that was that was all pro, man. For uh, riding on an amateur squad, that was all pro for sure. Yeah, that was. It uh, looked great from the top. <laughs> it did look great from the top, and you know it's interesting. Um, I've talked about, I'm an old gravel guy, did Trans-Iowa 
number two, um, and uh, gravel has changed a lot since those days. And so mm -hmm. to see freaking helicopter coverage of a gravel race in the States is top that notch. Is, that is pretty cool, yeah. That is super cool. So uh, save that file. Like download that and save that file when you're like showing your grandkids or whatever. Oh, back in my day. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that was a great, great finish, great win. Um, uh, what was it like at the finish line? How were you treated? How were people's reactions? I mean, honestly, who's 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 Torbjorn, right? Keegan's supposed to win. Cole's supposed to win. Payson's supposed to win. Alexi's yeah. supposed to win. Lachlan's supposed to win. Who? Who won? What? It definitely wasn't. I was uh, listening to the speaker, and they well, they were struggling to say my name, but also just really didn't know what just happened. <laughs> and uh, everyone kind of seemed to like. There was one girl that walked up to me. I was like, "Did you? Were you the one that won?" Even though there's five of us standing in there. <laughs> It couldn't be that many others, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and uh, yeah, quite a surreal experience. I uh, we're going to talk about where you're headed next year, uh, which is well earned, and I'm excited for you. But um, were people like patting you on the back, like, "Dude, I got a place for you next year"? Did you get a bunch <laughs> of invites that afternoon? I got some people reached out definitely, and uh, there's it's been a lot of interest after. It's been awesome to get all the messages, and yeah, a lot of good friends are really stoked for me. So that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure good friends are stoked for you. Um, uh, before we dive into next year, are you done racing this year, or do you have? Are you going to do some cross? You got some gravel left. You got fat biking. Nah, this is the this is the last event. So, got to get into the shorty off season and start training because we got road races already January twenty fourth. Yeah, you guys Not go somewhere, right? Somewhere warm, south. Uh, Mallorca. Mallorca we'll for for some racing. Nice, but I'll be in Tucson before that to train. So awesome. That's too bad. Um, very different than Norway. Yes, in a good way. <laughs> a warm way? Yes. I love it. Uh, so you wrap up the season with a big victory for uh, ABC. I, I should tell you, I don't know if you know. Do you know that, like, does Randy, I don't know if Dags would, but um, do they talk about what ABC is and the the mission and where you guys fit into that mission? Yes. What do you know about Above and Beyond Cancer, Above and Beyond uh, Cycling? About the nonprofit? Yeah. Yeah. What do you know about that? And, and f how do you feel about supporting it through your successes with that on, on the front of your chest? I feel like it's a pretty good cause to support, to, uh, uh, to help cancer patients to get out there and get to do some adventures. And yeah, like I believe as well that mental health has a lot to do with fighting illness and being physically active so that we get some that we help spread the word about the cause and 
getting more people to get adventures while going through treatment or finish just finished is it's it feels good to think about that in background and know that we're maybe making this place better <laughs> <laughs> well i think you have a, a a part in that for sure um yeah. uh have you met dick deming the founder i'm not does he interact with you guys at all uh, we haven't really interacted we've had some uh we've tried to get on a dinner or something together in iowa mm-hmm. uh, but it just hasn't recently worked out yeah dig it he is a super busy man he is head of the uh, mercy cancer center here in town uh i should say dr dick deming um dr richard deming is what i should say I know him as Dick. He's a, a cyclist, great friend. We see him on Ragbri all the time. He's been a good friend for a long time. So, um, yes, Dr. Richard Deming um, is how I should refer to him. Uh, he needs to be on the pod, too, don't you think? Yeah, he should, definitely. Definitely. Um, I will work on that. We'll do a, a whole history of uh, um, Above and Beyond Cancer, which uh, has a rich history uh, here in Des Moines that began really at the base of Mount Everest, which is kind of a fun story. But y'all will have to tune into my podcast with Dr. Richard Deming. <laughs> um, all right, I'm getting off that. I'm going to move on to next year because I'm super stoked for uh, for your next year too. Um, jumping on to a uh, team with a friend of mine, uh, Mr. Matt Zimmer. Uh, where in the world is Matt Zimmer? Um Project Echelon, which also is a nonprofit organization with kind of a cool mission and and great uh, um, great story. But how yes. how'd you end up with Project Echelon? And then, well, how'd you end up? And then I will ask a follow up question. Uh, well, I racing fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Had some. Is, is your resume written on your legs? <laughs> <laughs> it should have been. Yeah, yeah I think much. it is. No, I think it is. Uh, I think it actually is. Uh, yeah, I was talking with them a little bit last year, and yeah, they would like a little late message last year, sadly. Mm. But uh, then we talked already from Gila mm-hmm. this spring, and they were interested in keep building a program and wanting some more riders, so that kind of just ended up being a good way to go. Cool. Um, they're primarily a road team, although, I mean, it, it feels like ABC where the guys can, if they want to go do Belgian Waffle Ride or Big Sugar or um, Schwamigan or Leadville or whatever, they're they're free to do that. But, you know, obviously there's a, a, a road schedule, which is fairly yes. uh, structured. Um. Where's that fit into your world next year? Uh, and I say that because you just freaking won Belgian Waffle Ride and you just freaking won Big Sugar. And now you're jumping onto a predominantly, and not that ABC isn't, but you're jumping onto a predominantly road heavy team. It's uh, going to be a lot of road, of course. And that was the main plan. It might be a little bit more gravel as well after his last two weekends. It's really working out for me. So, but you have a, a big squad, 
so everyone can't race every event. UCR races normally have max six or seven riders, mm-hmm. so everyone can't go to every race. So I assume it's going to be working out pretty well with doing a bunch of road, but also getting some gravel events in. Uh, any gravel over mountain bike even? Uh, probably won't be too much mountain bike other than maybe the lifetime mountain bike events. Um, so, yeah, might hop on a, there's a local mountain bike race here in Grand Junction that it's always fun to do. So if it fits in, I'll, I'll probably do that. What about that one up the street that starts in this little town called Leadville? Yeah, that one, uh, it's definitely on the list. <laughs> uh, are you, you know, and I don't know if, how people talk about that this time of year, but are you applying for lifetime this year? Uh, yes, I am. So what happens with Project Echelon if you get accepted to lifetime? They just know that on these seven dates you're you're going to be in it wherever? Uh, pretty much. You don't only have to do five of the seven events. True. So that's also helpful. Uh, but, um, we decided as when we were planning out the, me being at Echelon, we just decided we'll figure out what we do if I get in. And, uh, now it seems like there's a higher chance of me getting in. (laughs) So I will definitely have that talk hopefully soon. (laughs) Yeah. When do you, when do you, when's the whole application process for lifetime? It's actually last day today. Oh, did you to get apply. it in there? I have. Nice. Um, and then I think there's two weeks or so before they publish it. Take it. Um, what was your uh, what was your special sauce you put in the application that uh, that they really won't be able to pass on? Probably big sugar twenty twenty three winner. <laughs> Again. My resume is written on my legs. Read yes. it and weep, Keegan. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, it was interesting talking to people who were some who uh, got into Lifetime and some who did not about the application process the first year. And obviously there wasn't um, the kind of track record with those specific events that there is now. Um but uh, but it was interesting asking people like, would you put in the application to make them pick you, or why didn't yeah. you? What would you miss in your application or whatever? But um, yeah, I feel like your application was in Bentonville. I I think so. I definitely spent more on my time last year on the on the application last year. Mm, yeah. Do you know uh, why they didn't pick you? What was it that? Uh, I'm pretty sure mostly because of my result because I hadn't done a single gravel race before this year. Oh, that would have some. I would think that they, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're and right. I also they're using mostly their athletes for results. Oh, and my road results really didn't get in there. So, hmm. um, so how does Project Echelon change your year next year? Like what? What's going to be different for you next year compared to this year? 
we'll have more support and more budget to do more races and travel. Uh, and I think we'll know a bit longer out what races we're doing and just having more races. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with road and gravel, it's definitely going to be busy. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's your ultimate goal? Where do you want to take this? Well, ultimate goal, I guess, is just to be able to live of riding. Uh, it, I'm having fun on the gravel. I'm fun, having fun on the road. And mostly just exploring on my bike. So, but Road Pro is probably the highest goal. Really? In Europe? Yeah. Yes. Dig it. Dude, you're uh, 26, you said? Yes. Get on it, man. I, I am doing what I can. <laughs> I think. I, I think I just. Maybe more. Uh, isn't Todd A 25? And... Yeah, that's the issue. Yeah, those <laughs> kids are young. Yeah, but they're going to be burnt out, and it'll be time for you to sweep in and yes. take over that yellow jersey. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, does Project Echelon really help you toward that goal? Yes. In what way? Like, what's their. With just uh, doing more uh, road races in Europe, which is the plan, mm. and get to do race with a stronger squad. Uh huh. So I think that that's the right way to go. Dig it. Well, I think uh, think you've had a great year. You've really helped out ABC, um, putting a stamp on their year. You and your teammates have successfully made me eat my words um, when I was making fun of Chris Daggs when he said we want to be the top amateur team in the United States. I feel like you guys did a pretty good job at uh, at making that come true. So. Congratulations on your great year, and I hope you have a super fun year with Project Echelon. Those guys seem super fun. Yes, we had a team call already, and it seems like it's a good squad of guys, uh, which we also had on ABC this year. Mm -hmm. It was just remember Team Cap back in February was just the coolest squad. So it's definitely really important to just have a good group of boys and just have fun. To go fast. Have you uh, been on the Sticky Bottle yet? Their podcast. I'm not. You better get on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see if there's an invite. Now I'm on the team. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, that's awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on Bike Talk with Dave. We'll be watching next year as you uh, head to Mallorca in um, January. You go to Mallorca in January. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, watch your season, and it'd be fun to be cheering for you in the Lifetime Grand Prix as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, what a great year he's had, and what a big couple of wins to round out his season. Now, I know I'm excited to follow Torbjorn's season next year on the Project Echelon Squad, and if you are, you can give him a follow on Instagram. Just look for his name, I'll spell it, T-O-R-B 
J O R N R O E D. Torbjorn Road. Look for him on Instagram. And I just really want to thank him again for taking time to share his story on Bike Talk with Dave. Now, I'd also like to thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love it if you would rate and review on your favorite podcast platform and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. I have to admit I'm a little more active on Instagram, but we're on Facebook too. So if you don't want to miss a show, give those two things a follow. And we are also on YouTube, which is super cool. So if you take your podcasts on YouTube, we are there. Look for Bike Talk with Dave channel on YouTube. Now, if you really love the show, I would welcome you to support it financially. Just look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com. And when you drop a few coins in the bucket, I'll be happy to send you a sticker. I will also give you a sticker if you hit me up at a ride next year and say you're a fan of the show. I know we'll be headed to the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind and tackling all the surfaces at Core 4. Who's ready for some Core 4 news? After a huge spike in riders and a super thank you to everyone for coming out this year, these guys jumped right back into the fire. It's no surface untouched again for 2024 because Core 424 has a sweet sound to it, no doubt. New routes, new distances, and a new you. That's right, y'all, they are mixing it up with more surprises and delights. New for 24 is the Core 40 distance. Just a bump up from the 20 mile and still has all the farmscapes and B roads and champagne gravel you'd expect from the folks at Core 4, just without the single track. They're telling us 60 is the new 50, miles that is. It's a no-surfaced, untouched, podium-eligible route with all the cats in addition to their marquee 100-mile event. It's the perfect blend of competition and community. We want Core 4 to be on your event calendar for 2024. Jump on Bike Reg today, snag your spot before this event reaches its cap. Come ride the wave and get more bodies on bikes. It's blazing hot action every year and they'll keep the fire stoked all winter long with the 20, 40, 60 or 100 mile route Core 424 has something for everyone. It's time for the next time. Let's go. Thanks so much for tuning in today and remember every episode is available on your computer or other device at biketalk.bike. I hope you have a great week and remember that nothing compares to the simple pleasure of riding a bicycle.